Hello and welcome to the Kentucky High School Sports Podcast. I'm Troy Howell and with me as always is Clark Howell. How's it going? It's going well. Okay. Well, we actually got to see some live games since the last time that we um, did a podcast. It's our first time that we saw live games. So what have you thought so far? Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Uh, There's just a different feel to being there and, you know, hearing the sounds and just uh, getting to watch it live as opposed to on TV. I'm thankful that we've been able to watch so many when you couldn't get in the gyms. You know, had this happened really even probably three or four years ago, the number of games you would have watched would have been a lot less. But um, but getting to be there and getting, you know, a feel of, of some crowd involvement and some excitement and uh, it's Starting to feel more like basketball season a little bit. Still, still not the same uh, usual season, obviously, but it's getting getting more into that rhythm. Yeah, it's been uh, exciting, and we'll go through the games that we've watched in person here. Um, uh, the first one that we watched together was in Richmond at Madison Central. They had a doubleheader, and I want to thank all the people that have allowed us into games. Um, so that we can cover the games and talk about them, and I can write about them on Kentucky Sports Radio. But um, so we went there to Richmond, and it was um, a couple games. The first game I think we watched was Pikeville 69, Madison Central 61. Madison Central played without two starters. I think they're going to be back soon. Um, Ray and Will Harden, Braden Ray and Will Harden, I think. Yeah. And so. Uh, Pikeville was led by Riley Sammons with 25 points, and then Nick Robinson had 19 points. He had a good game. Um, And then uh, Madison Central, they uh, had a big game from Cole Brown, as usual. Um, So what was your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, that one, you know, was probably played out the way I expected. Going in, I would have picked Madison Central as probably an eight-point favorite if they were full strength. Uh, But, you know, as you mentioned, missing – Two, two key guys. I know uh, Cole Brown and Braden Ray both started since they were at least sophomores with, with Cozart a couple of years ago on, on that uh, really good team. And so missing Ray uh, obviously was a, a big detriment to them. Cole Brown, you know, played very well. Um, he did a good job getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line. Uh, but, you know, just missing that uh, let them down a little bit. And Pikeville, you know, I think we both agree is a contender in the 15th region. Um you know, now that uh, Trey James is gone, I don't know, you might think, is Riley Salmon's the best player in that region? Probably. So. I mean, Dingus is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's some good players in uh, Paintsville, but they're struggling as a team. Yeah, so uh, watching, you know, watching uh, Salmon's play, great shooter. I mean, you can just see he, um, the way the ball leaves his hand. It's just one of those things that, you know, you can you can tell he's got just that pure stroke. Uh, pretty good job of getting to the basket too, uh, which I guess I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And you know, when we saw him, we saw him as an eighth grader when he was probably eight inches shorter and uh, just pretty much only a shooter. But now he's got uh, got the the complete package, and uh, you know they played a good game. I think Madison Central with the people they were missing ended up playing six guys. Probably got almost all mm-hmm. the minutes. They may have played a a seventh for a little bit, but. Uh, Pikeville went pretty deep on their bench, um, so you know I think that might have helped them a little bit down the stretch as well, uh, pulling away. Madison Central probably led uh, 
a majority right. of the game, but uh, but in the end, yeah, Pikeville was able to, to pull away at the end. So a uh, very competitive game. Uh, again, exciting to watch. I think uh, the final score was a little bit bigger than, than the margin was through most of the game. Um, but, you know, teams that, that are definitely worth worth watching, worth, uh, worth seeing some of those good players and good teams. So I really enjoyed that to start off. Well, Cole Brown, with he had 27 points, four rebounds. Jalen Davis had 18 points, nine rebounds for Madison Central. He looked impressive. And I think Riley Sammons ended up getting the player of the game. Yeah, yeah um, well-deserved. Yeah, you mentioned Madison Central has some good young players. Um, you know, I think uh, sophomores and freshmen that, that contribute quite a bit. And then we mentioned Ray was out. He's a senior. But uh, they, they should be good uh, – continue to be good for years to come which again no surprise but uh always always good to see and then salmons had 50 50 points um against eastridge not too long ago so he followed that up that was a loss but i think eastridge is pretty good so he's a guy that when i was watching that game against madison central i'm like if he's on if he's hitting everything then you just forget it you know so so you kind of gotta hope he misses some because he does have the green light you know and and I'm sure that he's going to have some games where he gets 50 and he's going to have some games where he, str- he struggles um, and maybe he only gets, you know, maybe 15 or 20, which is still good. But um, so, yeah, the 15th and also has Johnson Central, who's got some pretty good players there. So should be an interesting region. Um, so we can go on to the next game yeah. there. The next game uh, that we saw that very same uh, same day was Somerset 66, Rowan County 55. Somerset came in ranked. Um, well, I think Rowan County came in ranked, and Somerset ended up ranked after that. Um, Cade Grundy, 25 points for Somerset, six rebounds, 12 to 12 free throws, became the school's all-time leading scorer. They trailed 14 to three. Um, Somerset did, but they battled back behind a, a good defensive strategy on Rowan County's Mason Moore. They weren't going to let Mason Moore beat him. No, yeah. Big shout out to Dakota AC, uh, just a fantastic job guarding Moore. I mean, Moore did everything he wanted in the first quarter. It felt like, but uh, beyond that, basically AC shattered him wherever he went on the court. Uh, you know, full court press or uh, face guarded him in the half court, and and just frustrated him. Got some probably got three or four steals or deflections that led to steals in the fourth quarter. Got uh, I think got one of them steal into a layup. Uh, helped you know, kind of keep him from, from having the big game that it looked like he was going to. Because, I mean, he in the first quarter, it looked like uh, Rowan County was just going to run him out of there. Um, so, you know, that's the type of guy who I enjoy watching. So I would, you know, love another another chance at watching a Somerset game, just just watching the way he plays hard, plays good defense. I mean, he scored in single digits, I mm-hmm. think, what, six points mm-hmm. maybe? Ten rebounds. And, and was the player of the game. You know, right. how many guys are the player of the game with six points? But he... If I had a, I would have picked him as well. I mean, he he completely changed the game, and of course they have a good team. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't do it on his own. Obviously, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, Grundy, uh, all-time leading scorer in Somerset, um, and then uh, they, you know, they really had a good team overall. I was I was impressed with them last year at uh, watching them in the All A Classic, and I think this year's team may have uh, the potential to be even a little bit better than that one was. Um, you know, they've got uh, Burton, uh, Stevens. I was, I was impressed with Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought he played really well uh, as far as just a guy who's going to give them, get, be a matchup problem for some people, can 
can shoot the ball well. He's got some decent size. So uh, great team to watch. Uh, then for Rowan County, like, you know, we mentioned Moore looked really good at first until they uh, they kind of put a pretty good defensive game plan against him. Um, Todd inside uh, gives gives them some good size. I think he's probably, what, about 6'7 in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, has, you know, has stepped out, uh, shot the ball from the perimeter a little bit. I think probably maybe a little more than he needed to, but uh, gives them a good presence inside. Uh, they didn't get much out of uh, Alderman. Uh, he was in foul trouble a lot of the game and, and never really could quite get into the flow. Um, so I don't think we saw the best that Rowan could give us, but uh, again, you know, I think uh, they're probably not the team that's gonna gonna be obviously the favorite in the 16th, but could could put a scare into Ashland if uh, if they get things clicking with a, a real nice trio of players once uh, once everything's kind of on the same page. Well, they had uh, Rowan County was doing well until they allowed a seven point uh, trip. It was a seven point possession from a. At least uh, there were some fouls, there were some technicals, and uh, it was a tough uh, tough break, I guess, for Rowan County. That put Somerset in control midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think Somerset was, was down by one or two. I think it was two points. Um, yeah, so went, went to the basket, I think got an offensive rebound, and on the putback got blocked and called for a foul. Rowan County did, and then got a technical foul. Um, so hit. I think they hit three of the four free throws, and then... Uh, got the possession. Um, I think I fouled again in another technical foul. So it, uh, yeah, you know, you go from from Rowan County being up by two with, I mean, there was what probably about three minutes, three or four minutes left in the game. Right. Uh, go from up by two to down by five, just like that. Um, and of course, we were on the opposite side of the court. Didn't hear what was said. I didn't see anything, you know, demonstrative. But uh, don't don't know what happened, but. You know, it's one of those things you've got to, got to keep your cool, and and you hate to see that uh, that change a game, but uh, hopefully it'll be something that that they can learn from, and uh, you know, better better to learn that now than uh, than in the postseason when you know when emotions are even higher. Uh, hopefully that'll be a good lesson for them. Yeah, it was fifty five sixty three, and then it went to sixty to fifty five. So, um, but it seemed like that. Um, Rowan County was kind of getting the calls a little before that, but then right there on that one possession, it flipped, and Somerset was getting the calls. So some of the calls, I don't think either fan base was real happy. Yeah, I don't know how many close games I've been to where either fan base was ever happy with the officiating. Right. That's one thing I've I've learned from, you know, going to a, a lot of games as a very neutral person. Um, I would say most of the time the officiating is – uh, there's there will be calls every game that I don't agree with, and um, you know some of that's probably I'm wrong. Some of it I'm sure the the officials miss them. I'm sure they would tell you they're not perfect, but um, you know it's it's a lot harder to remove yourself when you've got a you know a rooting interest in a game, especially you know a lot of the people at games right now are parents or um, you know very close to the program, so it's it's hard to kind of pull yourself away from that. We did see some calls that we weren't probably 100% in agreement with, but, uh, you know, over time, I'd say 95% of the games, if not more, are going to even out uh, over the course of the game, and and the better team or the team that makes the right plays in the right time is going to be the one that wins. All right, well, let's move on to um, the next game that I went to, so you weren't at this one, it was just me, and it was me, and it was not many people, there was, 
I don't think there was cheerleaders. There wasn't a band. There was hardly really anybody. It's very strict, but they are able to play. It was the Bryan Station 50, Dunbar 44. The game was at Dunbar, but Dunbar was missing uh, two starters, including uh, Tim Hall, who I think averages over 20 points a game. He's one of the best players in the region so far. And so Bryan Station had their full contingent of players. So it was kind of really hard. I mean, Dunbar didn't look like the fifth, number 15 team in the state, but they were missing, you know, a couple guys. They only had eight people on the whole team. So Bryan Station wisely turned up the press in the second half. They were led by Jamarius Lindsey. He had 21 points, seven rebounds. Um, Bryan Station was down 24 to 20 at halftime. Um, but they had him, and they had Moronis. Um, they've got uh, several people, I think, a Grundy. Um, and so Bryan Station won, but I think Dunbar, maybe if they have their full contingent, is still a top 25 team, but we'll see. So there really wasn't a lot to gain from that from that game. Yeah, I can't speak to the game itself as I didn't, didn't see it, but you, know, you mentioned the point of, of a, what we think is probably a top 20 team. Um, I think we both had them, you know, in that 15, 16, 17 range. You know, missing their best player, missing a couple of guys, and, and how do you handle that in rankings? And, you know, that's something this year is probably going to be a lot a lot harder than most because, you know, it's not unusual for a player to be missing a missing a starter for a game or two with an injury. But, you know, this year it's going to be almost every team, several games, there's going to be different issues that, that they have to deal with. I mean... So not only are you dealing with all the with the late start for some schools, the little schools not starting until next week. You got to deal with teams missing games in the middle of the year, and then you've got teams missing players. And uh, so just you know that trying to trying to balance out, you know, how do you handle those things, and you know how how much importance do you place on the depth of a team? You know, is a team with a superstar who's out? You know, does that penalize them for not having maybe a little more depth or? Um, how to, how to look at that. So uh, I think we'll probably handle that a little bit differently and probably everyone who does polls will, but uh, it, it'll be a fun challenge, but uh, one that uh, is definitely unique to, to this season. Well, sometimes when I do the rankings, I say, well, I, I don't know who's better, but I, I can't wait till these teams play and then that will decide it. And then it gets canceled. So it's kind of difficult when mm-hmm. that's why my 10th re- region rankings, boys and girls, I was looking at, they're pretty much going to stay almost the same because these teams don't play within region now. I mean, there's there's not – or it's like a really good team in the region playing a really low team in the region. So I need these teams who are ranked right near each other to play each other. And then I'll say, okay, now I, I know. But, well, we can move on to the game that we were at last night. It was, um, it was a little different atmosphere there in uh, London than it was in, um, in Lexington, you know. Um, we went to North Laurel. They played uh, their rival, South Laurel. Um, the North Laurel came in ranked number five in the state in our poll, and in most polls, they're around there. Um, they're, they came in 0.2 um, tenths of a point away from the all-time state scoring leader for a season, if they can keep up that pace. They're averaging around 95 a game. And the final score of that game, I think it was 80. 477 North Laurel wins. Um, North Laurel got 79 of their 84 points from Ryan Davidson and Reed Shepard. Going into the game, you and I were talking and talking about how two players like that can make a real a team, a special team. We said, well, without those guys, 
you know, they, they, they'd be a, a normal team, you know, I mean, probably a fine team. But with them, it makes them an elite team. And then they go off and score 79. And I know that their coach, he said, he said after the game, he's like, well, sometimes our other guys get going. But I'm like, I think they get going because the people key in on these guys. So North Laurel uh, or South Laurel didn't really key in on, on these guys at, at all. They kind of just said, you know, if you're going to beat us, beat us. But if you key in on them, the other guys will, will beat you. So what did you think about um, specifically North Laurel last night? Yeah, so, I mean, first, you know, you mentioned that one. That was definitely the first game we've been to that had the feel mm-hmm. of a, a regular, you know, a high school basketball game as far as the rivalry game. So those who were in attendance for both teams were into it. Um, of course, you know, this is – this is one of those times it had the makings of, of that type of atmosphere because we were talking about some of the things that that bring out good regular season crowds just in regular years of obviously rivalry games like you mentioned or, or one of those county rivals uh, then you know you talk about North Laurel I believe this is probably the best team they've ever had mm-hmm. um, you know as far as as far as I can think back to I don't think they've ever had a team that you know was a was a top five team in the state uh, so you know you bring in uh, the, your best ever team, your best ever player, um, you know, with Reed Shepard, who's, I, I would say, the most hyped player in the state right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll get into, you know, maybe his stats a little bit more. But so it had the makings of that that energy, which which I loved, which I, you know, you kind of feed on, and you can feel it when you're around the around those fans, just that there is this excitement, this this is our year kind of thing, which they might have that for the next two mm-hmm. years as well, uh, with with as young as they are, but. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a good team, and you mentioned only five points from from everyone outside of those two. And uh, you know they didn't leave them open. Uh, they've got good shooters. Sizemore hit a three, but I mean he's a guy who, if you leave him open, can can easily hit five or six threes in a game. Um, I don't. He didn't take very many. You know he uh, just didn't have the looks because they weren't really doubling off of uh, off of Shepard. And when they did, uh, it seemed like it was a, a easy pass into Davidson for a layup. I'd say. I think Davidson hit a three, and probably every other shot he hit might have been a layup, but mm-hmm. it felt like. And, and um, you know, it's, that's a team that their defense isn't great. Uh, they're kind of – they'll press and try and get steals, and uh, which in the first quarter, I mean, I think it was probably, what, nine to nothing before it felt like South Laurel even got a shot off. Right. I think Shepard got a couple of steals and layups, and he's just got real quick hands. And uh, they do a good job of anticipating, but – once South Laurel quit turning the ball over, uh, you know, they were getting layups on, on breaking the press some. Um, and so, you know, North Laurel, we mentioned, I, I think is a team that can play with anybody in the state, but uh, to, to win that state title, I do think they're going to have to pick up the defense a little bit. But, yeah, their offense is going to be as fun to watch as anybody in the state this year. Yeah, they got Madison Central tonight. We're recording before that game, so we'll see what happens. Um and then, so the numbers for Shepard, it was at least his third triple-double and, and back-to-back triple-doubles he had. And he really had great numbers at halftime, and the game kind of slowed down in the second half. But he ended up with 50 points. He had 10 rebounds, 11 assists. He was efficient. He's been efficient all year, um, 18 of 29 from the field, 13 of 15 from the free-throw line. Davidson was 11 of 13 um, from the field. He was 4 of 5 from the free-throw line. He had 7 seven rebounds as well um and then for uh North, south laurel you know give them credit for hanging in there they got it down to six points near the end uh parker Payne, 19 points 
uh, Braden Reed had um, six rebounds, 14 points. Micah Anders came in maybe as their highly, most highly ranked player. He had 13 points. So, um, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see if North Laurel – how much trouble they have in the region because Knox Central continued to struggle even though they got their good player back. So I know Clay County is good. It's not going to be the easiest region for them, but um, I, I, it looks like that they've they've put themselves on a higher plateau and they're kind of the definite favorite in that region. So what's your thoughts either on the region or just the numbers in general of uh, that Shepherds had? Well, I mean, yeah, Shepherds numbers just jump off the page every day and. Uh, you know, we were watching, and it just it kept everything that happened. He was mm-hmm. the reason. You know, the defensive steals, he gets rebounds. Um, you know, they do it. They do a good job of getting out in transition. Um, you know, he, they get the ball and go, and you hear uh, you'll hear coach yelling for him, just go, go, basically every time they start. Um, I think the numbers will will drop off some during the year. Um, I think you know you mentioned they're close to the the state record for, for scoring in a season. Um, we were talking a little bit about Eastern uh, in 97, you know, s- scored, I think, 150 one game early in the year and was, was you know, the highest scoring team in the nation, including college and pro teams, which play a lot longer games for, you know, after about a, a three or four weeks into the year. And that slowed down and uh, teams will get better at defense. You know, teams will get better at breaking the press, uh, not giving so many easy baskets. So. I, you know, I don't think they'll they'll end up scoring in the 90s for the year. I think the 80s is still – they'll probably be in the mid-80s. is very reasonable the way they have started off and they play. Uh, but, you know, everything that happened, uh, you know, when you've got a player as good as Shepard, he just – it all flows from that. Yeah, maybe teams will figure out a little bit, you know, how to not let them get out in transition. But, um, you know, so now we've got three people at least – just in the last, I think, week week or 10 days that have scored 50. You know, Shepard got 50. He had a high of 48 before. And then Ben Johnson from Lexington Catholic had 51 over Kyle in a win. Riley Sammons, we just mentioned, he had 50 points. So um, there could be more guys. I'm sure Zion Harmon, you know, Travis Perry from um, Lyon County. Seems like there's a lot of scores this year. Yeah, it is. It's um, maybe it's again, maybe it's one of those things that it's a little bit harder to work out your defenses, your rotations, and everything with the kind of odd off season, preseason, early season. So you know that probably helps the scoring a little bit. Um, you're just not able to to defend as well as as they probably will be later on in the year. But you know these are guys who you mentioned uh, you mentioned Shepard's numbers, how efficient he is. Mm-hmm. You know he's not scoring. 50 points on on 50 shots he's scoring on on less than 30 shots um you know i think ben johnson similar efficiency uh you know we talked about riley sam's ability to shoot and uh you know that to me makes for fun basketball um you know purists might want better defense and it's like i said watching ac i loved watching him play defense playing hard uh but you know offense is fun guys scoring is fun to watch uh so uh you know, if you get a chance to get out and watch some of these guys, I think it's it's well worth it. Yeah, and just a few points before we leave North Laurel. Um, like you said, Reed Shepard's the most hyped player in the state. Everyone seems to have an opinion on him. Our KSR article, which usually doesn't have a whole lot of comments compared to the one that mentioned his triple-double from the last game, it had like over hundreds of comments, several shares, 
300 some likes and that's just on Facebook and everyone seems to have an opinion on him a very strong opinion and some people I don't even think have seen him you know some people say well he hadn't played anybody and I'm like other people say yeah but he played Covington Catholic who's got a great team which great defense which we talked Mm -hmm. about so um I don't know why it is, but a lot of people seem to want to have the opinion. There's the, the thing about should he go to UK if offered. Most people think UK should offer, but other people say should he go. You know, I think people are just frustrated with UK right now and looking for in-state help. Yeah, I mean he's you know kind of the he's got the the double whammy mm-hmm. so to speak, and the you know right now that it is a big hot topic about you know playing playing in-state guys with with Dante Allen and the issue where. You know, he wasn't playing early in the year, despite the fact that the team was struggling. Um, so you got that. Of course, everyone recognizes the name Jeff Shepard. And his mom. His dad's, yeah, a yeah, legend from Jeff's the wife. 98 championship team. Um, so uh, just you hear that name and you, you hear those references, and, and it makes you think of, of, you know, bring him into Kentucky. You think of, you know, somebody else in the 90s run, Anthony Epps. His daughter came and, and played for, mm-hmm. for UK, had a very good career, Michaela at, at UK. Um, so, you know, you like to be able to see those guys. You you know, you, you almost feel like you have a connection with, with them because you, you know, I mean, I grew up, that was the early part of my watching UK basketball was that mid to late 90s. And, and so guys like, like Epps and Shepard are guys who stood out to me and, uh, always, you know, enjoyed enjoyed them and followed them, and so now seeing their kids, you just you, you pull for them a little bit with with that familiarity. Um, then you mentioned also an in-state kid, a young guy who's putting up big numbers. Um, you know, I it's I'm not a, a scout by any means to know uh, to know who who's going to fall in real, um, you know, at the at the top of the class. I'll occasionally see someone that's obvious enough that. Uh, that you can't miss on it feels like but uh you know just as a as a Kentucky fan um and a fan of Kentucky high school basketball I want to see as much opportunity for these guys at UK as possible Uh, but you also want to see them go a place that they're going to get opportunities and and you know who knows if if Kentucky will give that opportunity right yeah it'd be I mean I don't know if some of our fans um also follow Western or some other teams, and then if Kentucky's having a down year or where our games are canceled because of COVID or we're not in the tournament, where they rally behind a team that features a lot of, of Kentucky players. Uh, some people would, I think. They like to follow that story. But other people would be almost jealous that they're not playing on, on their team, you know. Yeah, I, I love Western. Um, yeah. We've talked about them a little bit, but, I mean, they've had, you know, I think – Four Mr. Basketball, four of the last, uh, what, maybe six Mr. Basketballs either have or are playing at, at Western. And uh, just, you know, watching watching them play, there's always somebody that I've watched several times in high school I get to cheer for. Um, so I, I like following them. Um, you know, Northern has, has a few Kentucky guys. Um, you know, Warwick and Faulkner start for them. Um, so, so I definitely, you know, try to follow those guys. I'd say, yeah, there are probably some, some people like me, but uh, a lot of Kentucky fans, it's, it's all or nothing Kentucky. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm pro- probably would get in trouble, but uh, I like to follow Louisville uh, when they've got Kentucky guys. I enjoy watching David Johnson play. Um, you know, when they had, uh, going back to the mid-2000s, I loved Larry O'Bannon. You know, we watched him, him play in high school, and uh, so I, you know, I, I enjoy following these kids, and we'll we'll try to support them uh, wherever they go. Uh, but it makes it mean a lot more, you know, to me as a Kentucky fan if they do go there. Well, Iona, they got Trey James, and they're recruiting. Patino's coming after some more guys, so 
It's always interesting to see what coaches have the connections, you know, and he's definitely one with a connection to the state. So maybe maybe Iona will feature a lot of guys from from Kentucky. But, yeah, we, we miss these guys. Um, it's almost like with, with COVID, um, I think people miss getting out and seeing them in person, whether college or pro. You know, you can't see UK. You can't go to watch Eastern. You can't go watch Moorhead, or at least it's hard to. So... So, yeah, I guess we can move on to um, – so we mentioned the top scores. I put something on Twitter. It said, who are the top – who are your favorite, you know, scores that you've seen? I guess we could go through ours. Maybe not – maybe ones we've seen in person, you know, like who's the people that you've watched that can really light it up. And so uh, so what's some thoughts that, that people had there? Yeah, so just going through uh, Prep Spin, uh, I'm sure you'll be shocked, uh, has a, a couple of uh, Johnsons listed. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Johnson and Luke Johnson, uh, they cover a lot of a lot of the Lexington Catholic games. Uh, they also mentioned Cameron Justice, Chris Lofton, Jared Polson. Yep. Uh, Polson, I remember the first time I remember hearing about him, I think, was he was a junior and, and scored 51 mm-hmm. against a pretty good Lexington Catholic team. Yeah. Uh, that would have been, I think, 2009. Um, and they ended up going to the, the semifinals of the state tournament that year is, is kind of when I got to know him. Another guy who went on to UK and um, I guess he walked on, didn't get a lot of opportunity early, but one is, you know, a, a pretty important player um, kind of toward the end of his run there. Uh, you know, they mentioned Cameron Justice, I think finished, what, about third all-time in the state in scoring, uh, five-year five year player who, not uh, County Central, had a good mm-hmm. career. And then uh, Chris Lofton, you know, I probably – should uh, should have enjoyed him as a scorer, but I just couldn't. Just uh, you know, my my freshman year, he he uh, he beat Montgomery County in the region finals. We had a pretty good team, and it's just hard hard for me to get over that right. uh, that that devastating loss from my childhood. He was tough. Oh man, yeah, he was uh, he was as as good a shooter as uh, I've ever seen. I think um, he could get a shot off from anywhere quick. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, it was just has Ballard. So, so good. Um, so that uh, good mentions there. Uh, we've got to mention Andrew Taylor from Corbin. Um, again, yeah, another very good scorer recently. Uh, then we got one going back a little bit: Richie Farmer and Travis Ford. Yeah, a um, couple of guys from the late '80s who uh, also went on to UK. Uh, pretty, both of them had pretty memorable careers at UK. Uh, Northern Kentucky guys mentioned Dante Allen, of course, current UK player. Uh, James Beadle Bolden from Holmes. Yeah, he was tough. Little guy, little guy. Uh, remember him from the state tournament his sophomore years when we probably first saw him. Uh, real quick, uh, good player. Uh, Jake Omer. That's uh, who I'd pick. Yeah, I mean. Jake Omer was, uh, man, I, you know, if, he's one of those guys who if you went out and you watched the team warming up and – Nothing about him would stand out to where you're like, oh, well, this guy's going to be an elite player, but, oh, he could play. He's just so good. Led, you know, led a, that Scott team to, the, again, the state semifinals. Yeah, that and, was a and fun had a run. chance to beat Bowling Green in the, in the semis. What a great game. What a great run he had in the region. Uh, Brandon Hatton's mentioned. And then a couple of girls, Jamie Waltz, I think was, uh, what, the all-time leading scorer for a long time in this state uh, up until – Recently, and then also uh, Erica Hallman uh, at Holmes. I don't, it's not a name I recognize. I don't follow the girls as much. Uh, King Kelly Coleman. Yeah. You know, this guy says uh, the greatest of all was King Kelly Coleman, and 
Uh, looking at the numbers, I don't know if anyone could argue that. I love reading the book, the books about him, the legendary stuff. Yeah, he was tough, unbelievable in that third place game. Yeah, what six sixty-eight points? I think. In the, in the I can't remember exactly game. how many points, but yeah, it was most, a record. Most points in a state tournament game. Of course, he has the most points all time. Kentucky high school basketball. It was interesting reading reading about them, and uh, it seemed like. Their team, basically, they had a couple of guys who'd never played basketball before who were in their starting lineup in right. the state semifinals. I mean, just, just you know, there's there's a guy who, who was able to draw a crowd. Uh, and then another guy mentioned Patrick, same guy mentioned Patrick Sparks. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Sparks was great all-around player, a junior, you know, I think that he helped them to the state tournament three times. Their junior year, he was teamed up with a bunch of seniors, and so kind of all-around game. And then senior year, it was all him, and... Put up uh, over 70 against Apollo one game that year. and uh, He was always one of my favorites. Um, then guy we mentioned both Western and UK uh, he played for and, and had a good career for. Well, I had friends from Ohio County that they said he were, he lit them up when, when he played against them. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can imagine. That was when I was really getting into it. Uh, I guess I was probably in middle school when he was playing and uh, just one of those guys uh, that – Again, just real fun to watch. Uh, and then one other person on here mentioned uh, Whitney Creech. Did you ever get to see her play? I think she came to Montgomery County. I was trying to think. And Montgomery County always has some good girls teams there in the Christmas tournament. So yeah. if she came there, then I, I would have seen her. Yeah, I remember watching her play. And uh, essentially, of course, you know, she played at Jenkins. Not, I mean, not a strong program. Um, it was, you know, they, they had some girls, I don't know if they played much on the bench that I could, I don't think were, you know, over four feet tall, it felt like. I mean, they looked like they were probably in fifth grade. Um, but she would essentially get the rebound, yeah. drive down, and either either come down and hit a, hit a jumper or a layup or, or find a teammate for an open shot. And, uh, yeah, she could, she could put the points on the board. She was uh, an outstanding player. Um, and the last person mentioned here is Scotty Hobson. Yeah. Um, from that, that elite 2008 class. And I don't remember him as much as being a scorer, as much as just kind of being a, an all-around, you know, really strong player uh, on, a, on a really good uh, University Heights team there in 2008. That uh, He had a good teammate, too. Yeah, Tyshawn Edmondson. Yeah. I think they won the All-A in, in 2008 and uh, made it to the state tournament, the Sweet 16 as well. Lost, I want to say, in the first round to Lexington Catholic, maybe. I can't remember. Uh, I think they did lose in the first round to somebody, but but a very good team. Um, so yeah, those are the guys mentioned. Uh, anybody else you were thinking of? Uh, they took most of mine. Yep. So n- nobody else came to mind immediately that I've seen. I mean, the best players I've seen in high school. Uh, someone mentioned they watched Mayo and Patterson play in high school. The best ones I've seen were Carmelo Anthony and uh, Mari Stoudemire. So they were both very good scores, especially Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, we watched, I think, Kevin Durant, too. Mm-hmm. Did you, yeah, he could, uh, of course, very smooth. Uh, other Kentucky guys I'd want to mention, uh, one guy who stood out to me was Timmy Dalton. Yeah. Um, I went uh, went over to Greenup County uh, his senior year. Of course, his junior year, they had Lawrence County had a very good team with a uh, good senior class above him and, and made the Sweet 16. Had a had a real real fun team to watch, but that next year he was kind of the only guy back, just about, and uh, he and he lit it up. I think he scored fifty plus that game. I saw him, so I think this is probably the the second time I've seen somebody from Kentucky score fifty in a game, and uh, just uh, you know, it, it's fun. Those are fun games to watch when a guy's got it going, and 
and there, it feels like there's nothing you can do to, to stop them. Um, you know, great scoring battle we saw in, in 95 region final with uh, Billy Ray Fawns and Sean Myrick, mm-hmm. uh, Montgomery County and Mason County. Uh, I think it was like 47 to 42 if you just counted those guys right. as scores. Uh, you know, I've been to some all-A classic games where the total team scores weren't, weren't that high. Um, that was a fun one. Um, yeah, following some of the guys who I haven't seen, but uh, watched, watched some old film on. Uh, just a couple I'll mention. Ron King uh, scored 40-plus in the state finals in 69, uh, played at Florida State. Uh, he was fun to watch. And then the guy mentioned Richie, and it was Richie versus uh, Allen Houston games, right. uh, the 87 and 88 state titles. And then they also played, I think, in the uh, in the LIT in, in 1988 as well. Um, just classic games and, and good battles between guys who could who could score. Well, um, a team that could score was um, Elliott County. That's one team, uh, Ferguson, you know, and, of course, all of them. But that was probably the the best offense, the funnest offense with a lot of shooting that I enjoyed watching. Um, yeah, there's some definitely some teams that could light it up, you know. I mean, some of those Lexington Catholic teams, when they would play Mason County, they would both get up and down the court. Scott County, probably, when it comes to just scoring points, you know, with Rick Jones and – um, and then, of course, in the news lately, they mentioned on um, Kentucky Sports Radio, Ryan Lemon mentioned it, Bud Mackey, how good he was in 2007 and how he's still gotten gotten into trouble and he's back in the news, he said. But uh, they were really good teams there back in the mid-2000s with Scott County. Yeah, I, you know, I hated to hear that. That 2008 class with, with Mackey and Miller and, and Sheldon, Sheldon Mack and yeah. Scotty Hobson, who we mentioned, I mean, that was just, you know, about as good a class as – as there's been in a long, long, long time. Well, um, that's about it as far as the game recaps. Those are the ones that we've seen. We're headed to Montgomery County tonight, so we'll we'll put them on the next on the next recap. They're supposed to play Trinity. Um, is there anything else that you've got that that we've missed? Uh, you know, I, I think that covered it pretty well. We'll again uh, just remind people: uh, Jefferson County Public Schools start playing this coming week. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be able to get in a, a pretty good portion of a season. Uh, you know, obviously missing a month is going to limit the number of games they get to play. But, you know, I hope for those kids that they get to play as much as possible. Uh, I saw there were some scrimmages last night. Uh, you know, mail, uh, the mail Twitter account does a good job of uh, keeping us uh, keeping us appraised of what's going on with them. and. Uh, you know, following Caleb Glenn, who I think is another of those elite in-state players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophomore. Who, who's going to be a, a big-time recruit for someone, just a outstanding player to watch. Uh, so following them, we've talked about Fern Creek, some uh, state title contender maybe. We've talked about Ballard. Um, got some – saw some, some rough news for Ballard uh, with, with Edelin. Uh, looks like he's going to be out for the year. So, right. You know, I hate that for him, another of the great sophomore class. Um, who we got to enjoy watching him play a few times last year, uh, but that's that's kind of the other big thing that we'll we'll probably uh, hopefully have some good things to talk about next week with with what goes on in Louisville. Yeah, and Bowling Green Ashland are set to play, so so that'll be a good one. Um, so yeah, keep your eye out for Kentucky, um, our rankings on on Kentucky Sports Radio every Monday, um, and then uh, I post them on Twitter as well. Um, I'm on there at T E E 
R-O-Y-H-O-W-E-L-L, T-Roy Howell, and then Clark's on Twitter at Reason, R-E-Z-I-N-C. Um, and then on Thursday, I do my um, weekly notebook, Kentucky High School uh, basketball notebook on KSR. So, of course, um, I'll be writing about the North Laurel game that we attended and then the, the Montgomery County game and then other games that that are big around the state. So, um, I guess that's it for this time. Sounds good. All right. Um, thank thank you all. And uh, next time, we do want to cover the – or. In one of our future episodes, what is your favorite event in Kentucky high school sports? So I put that on Twitter. But if you like the Ashland Invitational or the Louisville Invitational or the KLB or the Hoop Fest or whatever, the Lexington Catholic Tournament, let us know. And then we'll we'll go over, like, what is your favorite event? Of course, people like the Sweet 16, but what's your favorite region? What's your favorite round of the Sweet 16? So feel free to share that. All right. Um, thank you.